Urban Lorna, Chapter 1, continues. With the arrival of the 20th century came a slow decline in interest in men's furnishings, and that, of course, meant economic decline for Chocolate. For decades, this was a gradual slipping, but then, in the period following the Second World War, the bottom really fell out of the domestic men's furnishings market. There were many reasons. Primary among them was the belief among younger men that everything had been changed by the war, that nothing was the same, that nothing pre-war had much of a role in the post-war world, that the world had broken forever with its past, had left its sad old self behind. Interest in suspenders, detachable collars, shirt studs, and cufflinks disappeared among younger men, as if overnight. Though some interest in such haberdashery persisted among the older, more conservative, and wealthier, those men were increasingly attracted to the products of the rebuilding Europe, especially those of England and Germany which were thought to be of a quality that the domestic products couldn't match. How ironic that the people around Chocolate who lost so much to that competition should be mostly of English and German ancestry themselves, and proud of it. Many people in Chocolate still distribute gifts on Boxing Day, and there's still an annual Wurst, Kraut, and Potato Salad Festival every summer. For nearly three decades following World War II, Chocolate slept. It was awakened at last by a local boy, Dick Schumacher, who, riding the crest of a wave of success as vice president for computer furniture at IBM, walked away from it all in a huff one day and returned home to the steep hills of Chocolate beside the rushing waters of the Watsit to start his own computer furniture company. Sales of the Chocolatech computer scooter, a platform, actually a whole line of platforms of various sizes that can be installed under computer components, allowing one to move them around at will, exceeded even the sunniest predictions of Deke himself. What the Chocolatech ads say about the scooter, borrowing probably unconsciously from a 19th century advertisement for Studebaker wagons, is true. The brightest star in the computer furniture firmament is the Chocolatech computer scooter. Chocolate today is in outward appearance remarkably like the town in which Lorna grew up. And that similarity is the result of a pattern of economic decline and renewal that first isolated Chocolat from architectural modernization and then rescued it from physical decay. Had the town prospered throughout this century, modernization and overdevelopment would certainly have obliterated its past. Instead, Chocolate dozed 
until the Chocolatec prosperity brought new hope for the future and an urge to restore and preserve the past. With the result that, when I visited, I found that I could easily imagine life in Chocolat as it must have been in the early part of this century when Lorna was a girl. When Lorna was born, the century had just turned and the mills hummed, turning out suspenders, collars, collar stays, cufflinks, money clips, and the like. Money seemed to flow into the town as swiftly as the swollen waters of the what's it in a January thaw. Today, the gentleman's furnishings that one finds in the bright shops along River Road are likely to come from Japan, but prosperity has returned. The old brick mills along the Watsit have been painstakingly restored, and some of the stern, handsome buildings now house the humming facilities of Chicolatec. All along River Road, a visitor will find in other resurrected mills and warehouses charming shops, among them the Tai Tak Tak Shop and Hacha Chachkas a treasure trove of a place that specializes in gewgaws of the 1920s, and intriguing boites and restaurants, including Chez Mom, a homey eatery where one can get tarte aux pommes façon de mom, and the day's special is always listed as Les Rest. Oh boy, an all-water bar with more than a hundred domestic and imported waters, 24-carat studs, a gay bar, and the sleeve garter pub, where a Huber tends bar. The Watsit Valley is a pretty but forbidding area. The winters here are long and cold, as they were then. The autumn woods blaze with color, as they did then. The spring earth is fecund and odorous, as it was then. The summers are damp and languorous, as they were then. And all the year round, the night wind howls in the valley as if it held a grudge, just as it did then. The houses in Chocolate are plain and staunch. Only stubborn people could have built their houses here, notched the hillside for foundations, cut and fit the stone, created a level foothold for each house, for themselves, always working against the slope, always working against gravity. It is as if the difficulty of building here was part of the attraction that Chocolat held for its early settlers. Here was a place where they could test themselves, their resolve, and their aspirations against the slope, against the unrelenting downward tug. The builders bequeathed to the generations that followed them a test no less difficult, for they too have always to battle the tug of gravity. The young and well-to-do employees of Chocolatec, who now pay high prices for the staunch hillside houses, 
who paint them, furnish them sparely and brightly, and landscape their yards with plants that never grew in the valley before, find that the rain washes the grass seed down the slope, the garden cart wants to roll across the lawn into the drainage ditch that runs beside the road, and croquet is a nightmare.